Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Variety, I'm Michael Schneider. For comedian Rob Riggle, The Office not only produced his favorite episode of all time, but it also gave him one of his first ever acting roles in the season two episode, Booze Cruise. I had, I was still very green. I, I had not done much work. Um, my first job in show business, the first thing I ever landed was Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. 2004, 2005. And then when I left that show, the, you know, I was, that was between, uh, when I did that Office episode, it was between Saturday Night Live and The Daily Show. Yeah. And so I, I didn't have a whole lot of experience, really. I was still pretty green. Yeah. And so I was just thrilled to be there and, and to get to play this role and have fun. And we filmed, actually, on a boat down in Long Beach, you know. I mean, uh, Wall and Paw Pack or whatever the name of the lake was. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, when we, would, we would go out. when we. It wasn't like a regular shoot. When we, we had to push off and sail around... Um, with the cast and the crew on the boat. So when we, in between scenes or whatever, we had to, we just hung out together. Yeah. There was nowhere to go. You didn't, nobody could retreat to their dressing rooms or you could, there was nowhere to go. There was crafty and then there was hanging out. Yeah. And so we would start shooting at, uh, at sunset and we would stop shooting at sunrise. And it was awesome. Yeah. Because I was, I was on the boat sitting in a, in a booth with John Krasinski and Amy Adams and, and Steve Carell and we're just sitting there talking about life and talking about projects and talking about this that or that and it was just such a cool fun experience and then the then the episode itself was a blast yeah so yeah. it was fun no, that, that's cool and, and, and the serendipity of course working with Carell and then going to the Daily Show after that there, there's, there's so much intersection in oh, who yeah. you've worked with through the years yeah but um, yeah that that uh, Early on, like you know, were, were did you get a sense of camaraderie between those actors? Uh, you know, had they be bonded on, as on the a, office? Yeah, uh, yeah. You could tell they all liked each other. Yeah, I don't know how deep their bonds ran at that point. It was only season two, but I, you could tell they uh, appreciated each other. They liked each other. They enjoyed each other's work, um, and I could tell by their facial expressions. Like if the camera was on Steve, uh, and, and Krasinski was off camera, or whatever. He Krasinski was watching with full attention and a big smile on his face. Yeah, um, and they. I think that's a really good sign too. Is when everybody's, even if you're not working, you're watching the others and enjoying their work. Yeah, and there's a sincerity about it that you can't hide. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the podcast, we talked to Rob Riggle about The Office, his comedy inspirations, and his new Sony Crackle series, Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy. It's my favorite episode. My favorite episode is about to start. Cause you're my favorite episode. In his new Sony Crackle original comedy series, Rob Riggle plays Rob Riggle, a celebrity known for his legendary Ski Master movies. Faux Riggle has now invested all of his money and reputation into running an academy for personal watercraft writing. 
Riggle, his stuntman Dirk Hamstake, played by Billy Merritt, and their entire staff of instructors spend a semester defending their beloved academy at all costs. Of course, there's plenty of absurd death and more along the way. Riggle stars alongside a cast of regulars and guests, including Dermot Mulroney, Noelle Wells, David Arquette, Jamie Lynn Siegler, Jamie Chung, Haley Joe Osment, Paul Shear, Cheech Marin, Eliza Coop, Dave Gruber Allen, and Sam Levine. IndieWire recently sat down with Riggle to discuss how he moved from a career in the military into comedy. Also, his experiences on both SNL and The Daily Show, and how a joke turned into Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy. But first, we talked about his favorite episode of TV of all time, The Office Season 7 episode, Threat Level Midnight. After three years of writing, one year of shooting, four years of reshooting, and two years of editing, I have finally completed my movie, Threat Level Midnight. Yeah. Threat level midnight makes all the girlies feel all right. From Madonna to Madeline, all bright. Threat level midnight. It's a threat, a level, a level, level threat. He's the greatest fucking star I ever seen yet. Threat level what? Midnight. Threat level who? Michael's gone. Threat level why? Apartheid. Gotta fight it, free Mandela. Peace, I'm out. Well, it's just such a good show. Yeah. The cast, the writing. It, it, it's when you get that kind of synergy where the writer, where the the actors understand their characters and play them very well. They know all the nuances. They can do them in their sleep. They can be those characters all day, every day. Yeah. And then the writers understand the characters and they know how to write and how to set them up to win. Yeah. That kind of synergy. It takes it takes a year or two to find that, but if you find it, it's gold. Yeah. And they really they found it. They found it early in my opinion, and then they were able to just go to town. Yeah. And they did, and they were amazing, and um, it's uh, it's one of those shows that, I don't know, I'll, I'll always love. Yeah, I'm doing a rewatch right now with my 13-year-old. Oh, that's This awesome. is his first time to watch it, okay. and, and so he's getting it uh, you know, for the first time, and I'm enjoying it all over again, yeah. and, and seeing now, knowing what I know, sure. and where some of those people went on to, yeah. and, and it's sort of a, a fresh eyes on it, and you know, it does hold up. Yeah. It's you know and, and, that's good writing. That's when yeah. it, and 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 great acting. So. Yeah, yeah. And those characters by by you're right by episode two, you know who these characters are. Mm-hmm. Even those bit characters sitting in the back. Uh huh. So oh yeah, and and then and how they were able to develop their each person's storyline and yeah. dive into everybody's storyline was really awesome. Yeah. So speaking of the office, so so back to the episode that you chose. Uh, you chose a later uh, season episode, season seven. Uh-huh. Uh, this was uh, an episode that kind of paid off a, a lot of uh, jokes from previous seasons. Yeah. Uh, Michael Scott doing his movie that had been mentioned many times through the years, going back to season two. But Threat Level Midnight, the episode where we finally got to see the movie that Michael Scott had been working on for years. Eleven years. Yeah. Eleven years. Two years in editing alone. <laughs> Uh, four years on reshoots, which cracks me up. Reshoots. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you see it. Yeah. Threat Level Midnight is really one of the most satisfying, pleasing things you could ever hope to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it rewards the fans. It rewards everybody. Uh, it, it's it's every genre, every bad line, every stereotypical character, all of it. Uh, Cherokee Joe, <laughs> yeah, you know his mentor, yeah. Uh, just how bad everything was. It was so bad. It's hard to, you know, people say, uh, and it's true. It's hard to play dumb. It's hard. Yeah. Um, you have to be really smart to play dumb. 
And you have to be really smart to write a stupid movie and then to execute it poorly. Yeah. Especially if you're good, talented actors like everybody on that cast was. And, and so that they really showcased their abilities, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then again, just this, like you said, the storylines stayed true. Like uh, uh, Michael Scott's hatred for Toby. Right. <laughs> which is which, so good because yeah. he, he, the one person that Goldface shoots, which is played by John Krasinski, he shoots Toby and blows his head off. Yeah. And and his whole head explodes, and it's this really unnecessary graphic thing. And then when they cut to Michael Scott for the testimonial, he's like, it was the most expensive shot of the movie and totally necessary. <laughs> yeah. I, I Yeah. And, and apparently I remember reading that uh, Paul Lieberstein had to stay and like, do serious prosthetic makeup oh, to, sure, to, for them it... to create the mask or create the, the head, um, which, yeah. From, on every level, this episode, uh, you know, written by B.J. Novak, and and the fact that they had to go back and recreate these these characters from that era, yeah. so that season two era character, you know, obviously Krasinski looked different mm-hmm. in season seven, so they had to go you, get his old hair again. Uh, B.J. Novak had to put on fake uh, 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 sideburns, yeah. and and they had to act a little bit like they had to remember how did they act as these characters in Absolutely. season two and recreate that so there was continuity, yeah. and and they pulled it off. I thought they did a wonderful job. That's why it's one of my one of my favorite episodes of all time. The other funny thing is they spent some money on Billy Joel songs as well. Yes. <laughs> Which, I guess, again, by the time you get to season seven, you've got a budget. I think they were. That was. I think that were at the height of their power. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you can get away with that. Yeah. I think. I think you ask for what you want at that point, and you get the Billy Joel songs. What uh, you know? It's funny about this show because, uh, like I mentioned, uh, I'm rewatching it with my kid, but I know a lot of people who are watching it right now on Netflix. My daughter, same thing. Yeah. My daughter, same way. She is. Uh, I think she's already. She started the summer, and I think she's worked her way through the entire series now. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing that it's having this this second win now, mm-hmm. and I guess thanks to the streaming services. But yeah. uh, it it is funny that as uh, um, as much as there is new TV out there, yes. people are are binging on the old stuff too. But I think what happens too in life, uh, we get busy, we get busy, and and we miss things. You know, I mean, I I was a I'm a huge Office fan. I had the privilege to be on the show at one point. Um, I didn't catch a lot. There was a couple seasons that I missed the bulk of it because I was working. Yeah. I, I, you know, you got a family or, you know, life gets in the way and you miss some of these things. And so to be able to go back and grab all of that again later when you do have the time to catch up is really a blessing because that didn't, this technology, all this stuff wasn't around uh, uh, many, you know, just a couple of decades ago. And so to be able to go back and grab it all now, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. It's yeah. Really nice. Is there uh, um, was was there ever a hope that uh, Captain Jack would make in another another I, appearance? I, I wanted uh, so badly for that to happen, but you know, it's there was no really realistic way to bring Captain Jack back. Yeah, um, I believe me, I thought of a bunch of scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know, it's not going to happen because um, it just wouldn't. It would be forced. It would, it would, there was no logical thing. Now, so SNL was your first job? Yeah. So that, that must F with your mind, right? I mean, a little to... bit. <laughs> a little bit. How? <laughs> it's, I mean, look, it's, you've heard all the stories. Oh, you've, yeah. read, you've read the books. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. telling anything new. Uh, it's a stressful place, you know, and, and prior to that is by design. Um, and part of it's unnecessary, and, and it is what it is, you know. But when that's your first gig, um, and you, you're green as they come. You don't know much. Um, you know, you can uh, you can get railroaded. Yeah, yeah. 
not railroaded. You can get run over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's and, and one of those things when you leave SNL, is there also that panic of, oh, shit, I've peaked? Or, no, no, not at all. Thank God. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you do see people go get on that show, and then once they leave that show, you never really see yeah. them again. Um, and I'm very blessed that that wasn't the case. Um, uh, and I'm also blessed that I got the opportunity to be on that show. Yeah. That was a dream of mine. I mean, it really was. I, I worked very hard to, to achieve that and to get on that show. And I'm glad I did. And I'm very glad that I did the time I did there. And I'm fine with the amount of time I yeah. did there because I moved on. I got the experience. I got the knowledge. I, I got to do that live TV thing. I got to stand on that stage and wave good nights. I got to uh, be on Weekend Update as a character. I got to do fun things that I'm very proud of and very happy that I got to do. Yeah. I'm also very happy that I got to move on and do other things. Yeah. Uh, because I know a lot of people go there and, you know, they have a tough time afterwards. Um, so. Well, it does seem like, uh, you know, Daily Show was really what it really introduced you to probably the majority of people who, who know you now. And, and I don't yeah. know if that's partly because you're, you're playing a heightened version of yourself on that show. Definitely. Um, and, you know, I th another part of it that helps also, let's be honest, when I was on Saturday Night Live, I was Howard Dean and Toby Keith and Mark McGuire. And, you know, I, I was and yeah. nobody knows who you are on SNL. Nobody knows who you are for the first three years. They don't know your name. They really don't. They're they're like oh yeah who's 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 that they they really they didn't know who Will Ferrell was for the first three years he was on the show. Right. It, it, that's fine. It's nothing. It's not a personal thing. It's just the nature of the beast. It's you got a big fifteen person ensemble cast and you know the players that you love to see and and the new the new people on there. You're like oh, okay whatever. They have to grow on you. It takes time over there. But when I went to the Daily Show, um, I got to be Rob Riggle. Yeah. Every time I was on there. And, um, and granted it was a heightened, more obnoxious version of myself. I like, I like to think, um, <laughs> but, uh, it was Rob Riggle. Yeah. So that which, was which has become, you know, a big part of your, your repertoire is playing <laughs> quote unquote, Rob Riggle. Yeah. I, I, I watched the, the shark week special you did with Shaq, for example, there there's, and of course on, uh, your, your, your new ski uh, master Academy yeah. show there, there is this. This Rob Riggle. How would you describe that Rob Riggle? Well, when I play like the like you mentioned the Shack uh, for the Shark Week, yeah, or Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy, they uh, to me they're heightened versions of myself. So a little more blown out, maybe a little loud, a little more obnoxious, maybe a little dumber. Um, and my favorite comedic game to play has always been um, arrogant ignorance. Um, the guy who's large and in charge and totally wrong headed. Mm -hmm. I think those I've I've met people like that my whole life, uh, and I think they're hilarious. Yeah, um, especially if they don't give you a wink and a nod. If you really think, you know, like Dwight on the Office, going back to the Office. Yeah, you know, right, right. He wasn't in charge, but he thought he was, and yeah. and he was always wrongheaded. Right. Yeah, a joy to watch. You could watch him all day. Yeah, every day, and you were always fascinated to hear what he was going to say because you knew it was probably going to be wrong. Right. Those are those are the kind of comedic characters that I really enjoy the the arrogant ignorance. And yeah. So, um, if given an opportunity to play those type of characters, I jump on them um, because one, I think I do them pretty well, um, and two, uh, it's just pure joy to play those type characters. Yeah. So. yeah.
Yeah, no, it's fun and, and pretty harmless for the for the for the exactly, most part. Exactly, <laughs> if you're doing it comedically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is funny, by the way, um, because you've you've done a, a lot of stuff the past couple of years. But I feel like a lot of your work is coming up right now. So when you go to the movie <laughs> it theaters, it all hits at once. It's yeah, weird. And you see the trailers, and you're like, "Oh, Riggle's in that too." <laughs> like, how many things is he in? It's weird. Uh, you 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 just work. That's my policy. Just work. Do the work. Get the work. Do the work. Uh huh. Uh, and so you do it, but then when it gets released or how it gets released or the timing, you have no control over that. That's up to the studios and all of that. And then sometimes there'll be these long stretches where, you're, you know, nothing's going on or it'll all vomit out at once. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what's happening right now. Like earlier this year, it felt like I had three movies come out in three months. Yeah. And, you know, so there's nothing I can do about it. it just one movie got pushed. Another one got backed up. Uh, and so they all just kind of came out at the same time. Hashtag peak wriggle. I mean, it's, I'll it's, take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. No, better, better than the opposite. And <laughs> are you still doing NFL as well? Is that, I will uh, be. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This will be my seventh season Yeah, of uh, doing Riggles picks on uh, Fox NFL pregame show. And uh, I love it, actually. It's, it is a little bit challenging to come up with a comedy bit uh, that's a minute or two minutes, minute 45 to two minutes. Uh, that's football centric, G rated, uh-huh. uh, still funny, uh, and then do it every week for 22 weeks in a row. Um, it's a little bit of a challenge, but uh, at the same time, uh, it's it's a it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and that's great exposure too. I mean, that's yeah. every every week. Yeah. And, and the NFL it's, it's about as big as it gets in America. Yeah, uh, at least on Sundays, you know, and Mondays, and now Thursdays. Every day of the week, eventually. So <laughs> during it, the fall. Yeah. So again, it's 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 a good time to be Rob Riggle. Yeah. It's 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 Riggle season. So I'm just going to keep going with God, that. I love it. I mean, yeah, your lips to God's ears. Keep going. Well, of course, then you've got Ski Master Academy coming on Sony Crackle. So uh, excited about that. What what, uh, what what sort of informed your your humor? And uh, what would you say if, if there was uh, one or two things that were most influential in, in the kind of laughs that uh, you like to to make now? Um, I was I was uh, you know a, a child of the '80s, uh, so I grew up with uh, Caddyshack and. Um, Stripes mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers and Meatballs and just, you know the big comedies yeah. of the eighties. A lot of Bill and Murray, a lot of, a lot of Eddie Murphy, yeah. and you know Beverly Hills Cop and and um, it's so funny because I do I really love comedy. I really love comedic acting. Now I, I've done stand up. I do improv. I do sketch. You know I, I've done all the comedy. The, I've tried to round out my comedy wheel, if you will. Uh, but comedic acting is, is to me is pure joy. And what always gets me, it's not necessarily the the lead character or the person being crazy. Mm-hmm. A good straight man is worth their weight in gold. S- to me, Tim Meadows is the greatest straight man in the business today. You could throw absurdity at him, and he is the what a straight man is, is yeah. the advocate for the audience. He's the person or she's the person that says, wait a minute, you can't do that, or stop, what are you doing? And to be a good advocate like that, to be that good straight person, uh, if you do it well, it's what makes the thing fly, in my yeah. opinion. So I've always had this great appreciation for the straight man. I've always had a great appreciation for the person who has a, a funny line that's almost a throwaway line. That they're, you know, It's just one of these, and it's small, it's a small line, it's a nothing line um, that would blow by anybody else, but I, I, for whatever reasons, those were the things that stuck out at me. Yeah, not the big big fart thing, or not the big the big comedy moment. Don't get me wrong; I appreciate those. 
it's the throwaways. It's the little things. Yeah. Um, well, that's the person that allows you to be absurd, right? Yeah. That 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 balances it out and, right. and grounds you, so you can get away with with some really absurd things. Exactly. Blue doesn't stand out against blue. You got to have red. You know. What I mean, so you've got to have some some grounding. Yeah. So that the other stuff can pop. Um, and and that's what a good straight person does. So yeah. I've, I've it's weird. Like you know, I I just I've always appreciated the supporting characters. I've always appreciated the. Uh, the ones that have these little throwaway lines, and or even if it is the lead, you know, I'm trying to think of something in Ghostbusters, but I know, I'm, um, uh, PF uh, Tompkins posted one the other day that was fantastic. It was um, Ghostbusters when they turn around with their uh, with their laser, their yeah. nuclear accelerators, yeah, and they uh, shoot the maid's cart, and it, you know, and they and blow yeah. it up. And everything's smoking fire, and she she looks around the corner and goes, "What the hell's the matter with you?" Like just a one line. It was a yeah. one line. That was all she had, but it was beautifully timed. It was beautifully delivered, and it was hilarious. It yeah. was just what that it was the perfect button for what just happened. Right, right. And it was to me like, like there's a gold moment. It's the entry point for the actual viewer. Right, and or, then, or, then then they turn back to uh, Bill, and he goes, "Okay, successful test." Like you <laughs> know, again, a great easy line that was just kind of a throwaway. Oh, and then he was like, "When well, let's split up, yeah, we can do more damage that way." You know, th- those are the little things that it just seem like a throwaway, but they're they're the lines that you end up quoting. Yeah. And you love. We mentioned Tim, who uh, makes an appearance, of course, in your new, in your new show. Yes. So uh, I ask him to do everything I'm involved with. Well, what by I love is that you guys do have this this sort of repertory company where you're always in each other's shows. Yeah. So of course you got your buddy Paul Shear in there as well, yes. and and there's a, there's a lot of back and forth. I mean, you you guys show up on all your your shows, yeah. which is sort of nice. So you talk about that and that, that kind of camaraderie that exists. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'm glad you saw it because. Uh, um, you the comedy world's not that big, you know. It really isn't. You 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 get to know each other pretty well, especially if you're a comedic actor or an improviser or a sketch comedian. Um, and stand-ups, um, stand-ups though they kind of they're more islands. The rest of us are ensemble players, you know. So we play, we look to play with each other. Yeah, yeah. Stand-ups, you know, look, it's a different world. I've done stand-up. It's you, a microphone, and an audience. Everybody else can go away. Right. You know, and then I get it. It's a, it's a it's a tough world. Um, but, uh, yeah, I came up doing a sketch and improv at the UCB theater, the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater yeah. in New York. And, you know, 20 years ago, I started working with Paul Shear, Rob Hubel, Jack McBrayer, Jason Manzukis, Owen Burke, Chad Carter, you know, these, uh, amazing, Jackie Clark, you know, it's just wonderful people. I studied under Amy Poehler and Matt Walsh and Matt Besser and Ian Roberts, some of the greatest improvisers in the country. And I learned from them. I, you know, I took classes from them and, and eventually started teaching there. And, and so we know each other really well. We play together very well. I still, I still do a show every Wednesday night over here in Los Angeles at the UCB Theater on Franklin and Bronson. Yeah. Because we still love to play with each other. Yeah. We still love to go out and get out there and do improv together. And, uh, and so, yeah, anytime one of us has a project, we're always reaching out to each other. Because when you write it, when I sat down to write, I was like, my manager has to be sheer because he's perfect for that. Yeah. You know, and Billy Merritt has to be Dirk uh, Hamsteak because we, again, we've been doing comedy together at UCB for 20 years. Yeah. And I know he would, I know he could nail this. I know their capabilities. Tim Meadows and I did a pilot together. We, uh, he's come and done Riggles picks for Fox NFL with me. Uh, anything I'm doing, I honestly try to include Tim because I just think the world of him as far as uh, his ability to deliver a line dry and 
he just gets what his his timing's impeccable. He's the best straight man in the business. Yeah, and, he, and he's just a funny guy in general too. So he can do anything. Yeah, um, and so you if you work with people that really impress you or that you have a lot of fun with, you and you get a project, you pick up the phone, and you call them. Yeah, it's it's not a secret formula. You know, there's no conspiracy. It's just I trust this person. I think they're hilarious, and I enjoy spending time with them. That's it, it. It's funny. I ask Sheer this all the time too. I like yeah. I. I, I, I gotta imagine like your your calendar like <laughs> every day you're like working on a different project for for another buddy and then you've yeah. got your thing and then you're doing shooting a movie here or like it, it's uh is, is it complicated or is it is it relatively easy sort of jumping from thing to thing as as you go through your week or your month yeah i think it um i think it, it it's uh it's like a muscle you kind of build it up and you get better at it as you do it um but yeah you know show business and I don't have to tell you, you know as well as anybody, uh, you eat what you kill. So if you're not out there hunting all the time, if you're not out there working on projects or developing a project or uh, seeking out work, no one's coming to you. Let me put it that way. No one's, gonna, no one's been knocking on the door saying, hey, here's a script. We start filming next week. No, you got to be out there working it. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, always be developing. Yeah. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing. <laughs> always be developing. Always be developing. That's my motto, ABD. Well, I like that you've gotten to the point in your career now where not only can you cast yourself in, uh, as the lead in your own show, but you can put your name in the title. <laughs> you can play yourself, that version of yourself. This, yeah. uh, you know, this is, again, like we were saying, peak Rob Riggle. But, yeah. but talk a little bit about sort of developing this show and, and where the idea came from. Um, oddly enough, the idea came from this town, um, people in this town uh, always are like, well, what are you working on? What are you doing? You know, and they, <laughs> they never say it nicely. It's always accusatory. It's, it's always like, what's yeah. next? Like, what, what, are you, yeah. what, are, what are you up to? What are you, what? And I just got tired of giving people my resume and explaining how I'm almost, this thing's almost there and this thing's almost happening and maybe this and maybe that. Because that's our life. You got five, six irons in the fire at all times. Yeah. And you never know which one's going to hit and you never know. And you're always pushing along projects yeah. and you're always... So you oh, just, you've done you've done quite a few pilots yeah. in your day. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you look, it's it's the life of a working actor. You 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 just you keep working and you hope you get something. You hope you find something that works. You find a good gig. Um, and I just got tired of explaining it. So I, when yeah. people would ask me, I would say, oh, "I'm thinking about opening a jet ski academy." And I'd say it with a very sincere face. Yeah. And then I'd walk away. And they just wouldn't know how to. And they would be like, I think he quit the business. I think he's, <laughs> he's talking about opening a jet ski academy. Yeah. And they didn't even know what that meant. Right. But it, it also got, I mean, my comedian friends got it. You know, yeah. it was a bit. Uh, but they would laugh because they would, they would think it's funny. And just the name of, you know, because at the time we were going to call it Robert Hill's Jet Ski Academy. Mm-hmm. Which just the name alone is so obnoxious. It sounds hilarious. Yeah. You can almost picture the world without me even pitching it. Right. You can picture the world. And so that alone helps. If, the, if that title grabs your attention, well, let me fill out the rest for you. You know, here's what the cadets look like. Here's what the instruction staff looks like. Here's who my neighbor is. Here are what the lake people look like. You know, and then I fill out that world. Yeah. And it becomes even more ridiculous and chaotic. And now we've got a show. And so that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. And I... I, I Pitched it to uh, my partners, my comedic uh, friends, and they liked it. So we put together a pitch, and I took it over to Sony Crackle, and God bless them, they they shared the vision, uh, and so they got on board, and I'm really glad they did. Um, were uh, there many notes from the network, or, or were there the, were were they pretty much do what you want to do? Rob? I got to give Sony Crackle a lot of credit um, because a lot of a lot of networks, a lot of a lot of people in this town, a lot of studio execs, they like to weigh in. 
and I'm fine. Like the notes we got from Sony Crackle were reasonable, good, and in their purview. <laughs> yeah, is it the best way to say it? Uh, when it came to comedy, they let us do it. Yeah, and I, that's all you can ask for. It's when they start weighing in on the comedy. Like, wouldn't it be funny if he did this? Or I don't like it when he wears red. Why would he say that? And it doesn't make any sense that he would have knives in his belt. And you're like, just trust me. You know, I you do sure I've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> I know what works. And I wouldn't never presume to tell you how to market something. So why would you tell me about comedy? How, many, how long have you been on stage? How long have you ever done? So they weren't like that. They were yeah. great. Uh, and I was very blessed and very happy yeah. uh, to work with them. Um, yeah, they were they were good, and so uh, so I'm. What made me the happiest is when you see this show, you're you're seeing some pretty much unvarnished uh, comedy the way I wanted to present it. Yeah, so I, where the show is being presented the way I wanted to present it, which is there's a certain amount of absurdity, there's a certain amount of ridiculousness, and there's a certain amount of silliness, and uh, we mix it all together for the comedy offering we wanted to make. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy with it. I'm proud of it. And we had a blast doing it. And that's all you can ask for. You have a ghost on a jet ski. You have a mermaid. You have, uh, you, yeah. you, you uh, spoiler alert, kill Dermot Mulroney. I mean, shit's going to happen. Shit's going to happen on, on the lake. <laughs> it's right. It's, it's uh, There's no guarantees in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it seems like you guys had a lot of fun. fun we did. We had this. an absolute blast. And I was so blessed because I called in a lot of favors uh, on this one. And everybody came on board, um, and I was grateful that they did it. I like, by the way, that in the the marketing campaign, they're billing Cheech Marin as Richard Anthony Cheech Marin. I so, did not know that. That yeah. might be something I missed. Maybe that's contractually. He's 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 going a little more legit. Cheech <laughs> is in his late age. That's his formal. Is that his <laughs> Shakespearean? But per, uh, perhaps, handle? yeah. Uh, a lot of death on the show. People die. Uh, in, in really creative ways. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's not like, you know, horrific. Well, maybe some of it is. Uh, but it's uh, it's definitely hijinks and uh, good times. There's no doubt about that. And I love, uh, by the way, you've got Dave Gruber Allen. Uh, I used to go uh, watch Naked Trucker and T-Bones all the time yeah, uh, yeah. at the Largo. Yes. And so, so good. It's and the best. Uh, him and Keckner uh, are really talented and sweet guys yeah and and david allen is so sweet and keckner of course brings it back to the office look what we just did we <laughs> went round round robin um you mentioned that your favorite episode of the series is episode five the hog hunt which i haven't had a chance to watch yet so so give me a little taste of uh, episode five and why that's your favorite episode five is really fun we got some great uh great co-stars in there um along with the cast uh, which Brian Urlacher, uh, Hall of Fame linebacker, now Hall of Fame, he just got inducted. Who, of course, your your character just comically, cartoonishly hates for, for no good reason. You'll find out why. Yeah. But you're right. It's, it's, an, <laughs> it's an completely unnecessary hatred of this sweet man. Yeah. Um, he has a great, he, he, it's a good episode for him. Um, we had Jamie Lynn Sigler and uh, David Arquette mm -hmm. come and join us for this episode. Uh, very funny. They're great in it. They were such good sports. They played along with us. Um, actually, uh, Jamie Lynn actually uh, had twisted her ankle the night before and could barely walk, and she still came out. And so you'll see, like, we're helping her around because <laughs> it was hard for her to walk. Yeah. And she, But she was such a trooper that she was like, no, I, 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 I want to do this. This is so much fun. So God bless her for that. But yeah. it is an absurd, crazy episode that when we were pitching it and developing it, 
it, it was making us laugh because of how absurd it was. Yeah. And then we just stopped judging it. Like a lot of times we'll go, that's hilarious, but it's too absurd. Let's, now let's, what are we really going to do? And we just said, no, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this hog hunt episode. And we don't, and we'll, we'll justify it the best we can, but we don't have to justify everything. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And we did it and we had a blast. And I think it's a funny episode. So it's my fave. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you guys shoot, by the way? We shot here in California, uh, out in Malibu. Okay. Yeah. A lot of green screen. Uh, for, for some of it, it was green screen. Uh, for the Ski Master parts, yeah. obviously green screen. Yeah. That's, that you'll see Ski Master is a film franchise. It's like what Fast and Furious is to automobiles. Uh, Ski Master is to personal watercraft. Right. And I'm the Vin Diesel of yeah. that world in, in our fictional world here. So we filmed um, out. We, now, we didn't have a big budget, uh, but we filmed out in Malibu and we had to build it because we couldn't go on the lake to actually ride the jet skis uh-huh. or the sea dudes. Um, because we couldn't go out on the lake, we just didn't have the budget for it. Uh, we, uh, we, we built into the scripts ways that we kept getting the cadets down to the water and then something would happen yeah. and prevent them from uh, just getting. However, we did eventually get out on the water. So we did that did happen and we did get some great footage and, and there is some good stuff out there. Another nice touch that I weirdly find myself looking forward to by the second episode, whenever you uh, do do a screen wipe, when when it's you <laughs> on the jet ski, you on the jet ski in between scenes, yeah. just and, and you always say something different <laughs> and wave to the camera and, and something obnoxious. You, it's just yeah. so dumb. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's what we were going for. <laughs> that's so thank you. Gotta love it. Um, yeah. One other thing I got to ask you um, your experience as Colonel Sanders. Yes. What, it's, it's, uh, this has become like the, the, one of the most coveted jobs in Hollywood. Uh, I consider myself very fortunate to have gotten it. Um, it was the only way I was going to get promoted to full bird colonel. Yeah. I was a lieutenant colonel in real life. <laughs> so. Uh, so I was very proud to make colonel. Um, I, was the num- I was number five. I was the fifth colonel. Uh-huh. Um, I, it started with Daryl Hammond, then, Jim, then Norm MacDonald, then Jim Gaffigan, then... George Hamilton as extra crispy. Yeah. And then I was number five as the football coach, mm-hmm. Colonel. And then it went to Rob Lowe, the space Colonel who had the Boston accent. Kinda. Yeah. Then it went, uh, to Billy Zane. Yeah. Who was the golden Colonel. Then it went to Ray Liotta, who was the Colonel that was conflicted between the Nashville hot and the other one. Yeah. And then it went to Reba. Yeah. McIntyre. And then it went to um, Jason Alexander. It's, it's, so I think there's been 10. It's colonels. a thing. There's yeah. been 10 colonels now, and I was number five. And what a fun gig. What a fun gig to be the colonel. I, I feel like I want to see more of that, like all <laughs> 10 now. Like, Wouldn't that be great? I think that should be uh, your lips to God's ears. That should be their, a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. All 10 colonels show up at the same, same place. Yeah. I'm down for it. That would be amazing. Amazing. I'm down for it. So Rob, what do you got going on now? What are you doing? Come on, what's what's <laughs> how what's... am I how am I what's <laughs> loafing? I just shot a pilot for Fox uh, with uh, uh, Kayla Nolson and Leah Remney, and uh, uh, it was a Rob McElhaney project, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That's so right. That was last week. That's why I grew the beard. Um, and I have a movie coming out in September with uh, Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish called Night School. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just saw the trailer for that the other day. Yeah, it's a great little, you know, those two are, are hilarious in it, um, and it's a nice ensemble. Um, a lot of fun. Marilyn Ricecomp and uh, Al Madrigal 
And, yeah. Marilyn, uh, who's in your show as well. Yeah, so see, yeah. it all just like that's it. And you, and I, the reason I asked her to please come, I asked her if she would join us on that, is because we got along so well shooting night school. Yeah, and she said yes. So I was very grateful that she did. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, uh, you know, yeah. Like I said, you eat what you kill. You got to keep working. Well, cool, man. Well, congrats on everything. Thanks. Good luck with the beard. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I'll, I'll be checking like your paparazzi shots in the coming weeks and months to see, you know, did, right. did, did he keep it? Is yeah. it is it too much now? Did is I take it, it down uh, to a handlebar mustache and leave a soul patch? You play what around with it. Yeah, no, might as well. it should be good. Enjoy the anon- an- anonymity while you still can. That's right. So, but thanks, man. Good luck Thank with everything. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's fun to be here. Definitely. <laughs> That's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.